0: All right, dads, I have an awesome guest to bring you guys today. Curtis Slewa is an iconic New Yorker, radio host, and founder of the Guardian Angels. You can hear Curtis five days a week on WABC from 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Curtis recently announced that he'll be running for mayor of New York City in 2021. God knows New York City can use a guy like Curtis to clean up the mess and damage that has been done by Warren Wilhelm Jr., a.k.a. Bill de Blasio. Not too many people can say that they survived a mob hit by the Gambino crime family. But Curtis Slewa did just that back in the early 1990s uh, when they tried to whack Curtis in the back seat of a stolen cab. He was shot and jumped through the window of the moving cab. In the late 1970s, when crime was out of control in New York City, Sleewa formed the group that was called the Guardian Angels. They were dedicated to fighting the crime and violence that was dominating the New York City subway system. You may have seen the Guardian Angels with their signature Red Berets in your neighborhood. As the Guardian Angels have expanded, the group now operates in 13 countries and over 130 cities. Curtis is a legendary New Yorker, and I am honored to have him on the podcast today. Curtis Sliwa will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Curtis Sliwa was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel, so if you'd like to watch the conversation between the Guardian Angels founder and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Okay, and I've also had the honor of interviewing another iconic radio personality on WABC back on episode 109 of the podcast, Sid Rosenberg joined me here. He hosts the Bernie and Sid Show on WABC. Another New York City radio dad that I've had the honor of speaking with about fatherhood and family life on the podcast here is Greg T., Greg T spent years with the Z100 Morning Crew and now hosts his own show, Caroline with Greg T. So go take a listen to those episodes. They are available to listen to at your convenience in the archives of the podcast here. Make sure you guys are following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out all the upcoming guest announcements. If you're enjoying the show, please consider hitting me with a rating and a review on iTunes. It goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks family values rule and every day is father's day right here with me and i'm gonna be right back with the one and only curtis Slewa. i'm alec lace and you're listening to first class fatherhood all right dads if we learned anything this last year it's that building health and immunity is more important than ever and that all begins with what you put on your plate Belcampo Campo is on a mission to revolutionize the meat industry for the well-being of people, the planet, and animals by farming meat the right way with certified humane, regenerative, and climate-positive practices which means it's better for you, the planet, and the animals. That's a trifecta that I'm proud to be a part of, and right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can have Belcampo sustainably raised meats delivered right to your door using my promo code FATHERHOOD at belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood and get 20% off your first order. Go visit belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood, use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout and save 20% off your first order at Belcampo.
1: Joining me now, first class father Curtis Slewa Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Oh, my pleasure. I don't know if I'm the best father in the world, but I, I tried my best. I'll put it that. <laughs> way. I tried my best.
0: Well, you're first class on this show. Let's start it like this, Curtis. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? Uh,
1: I've got three boys. Uh, one, Anthony, he's the oldest, 16, It's with a different mother. And then I have uh, Carter, who's 12, and Hunter, who's eight. That's with a uh, And I have visitation with all three of the boys. But naturally, with this pandemic, uh, this coronavirus, it's made things uh, really difficult because uh, I'm considered an essential worker for the work I do as a guardian angel. I'm down there with the homeless, the emotionally disturbed, tending to their needs. So the mothers get very shaky in terms of uh, giving me any kind of physical contact, which I totally understand. But thank God for technology, Skype, FaceTime. I'm able to communicate with them on a regular basis and see how they're doing, especially with everyone, almost everyone, being forced to learn at home virtually instead of being in the schoolroom where I think they should be.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I'll get on that in just a second there. Curtis, if you could just take
1: a second here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, I'm the founder and president of the Guardian Angels. Uh, In this February, it'll be 42 years since we began patrolling the streets and subways of New York City. We've expanded the 13 countries and 130 cities around the world. But I think as people realize, New York City has slid back into the belly of the beast. And we're working as hard now in 2020 to try to save our city, New York City, from all the crime as we were when I first started. And we had a baptism in fire back in 1979. Very controversial. Not appreciated. Not welcomed. But now we're coming back and we're having to do it twice. I never thought I'd have to say that in my lifetime. I'm 66 years old and I'm still having to battle thugs out in the streets in New York City.
0: Yeah, and you know what, Curtis? One of the things I, I focus on on my podcast a lot is we got a fatherless crisis going on in our country. We got too many kids are growing up without a dad in their life. And, or a father figure, and it's really having de- devastating effects on the community. You're always out there with the guardian angels. Are you seeing those results out on the street? Are a lot of these problems, a lot of these thugs, a lot of these issues, are they coming from kids that have uh, who grew up with no father figure in their life and they're finding it out there in the street?
1: Without a doubt. And the way I'm reminded of that is uh, we take chances, the guardian angels, on young men, young women, many of whom who come from this many of whom who have had criminal records have been in and out of the system. And years later, when I sit down and reminisce with some of the guardian angels, they turn to me and they say, wow, you were like my father that I didn't have. And that really is stunning because you don't want to you don't want to probe too deep. But you begin to understand that a lot of the problems that these young men and women had at a very early age was that they had no male figure of authority in their presence. And worse yet, sometimes the father looms and lurks in the area and because he's a down-low, nefarious person, you know, that you would never even want to let in your house, never mind the child's house. They have to live with that stigma. So they get it two ways. They get it in the fact that the father is missing in action, maybe occasionally shows up, and then they really get it right in the neck if the father hangs out in the neighborhood and continues uh, to get into all of his drama that really stigmatizes the child and causes them all kinds of psychological problems at an early age but it really manifests when they get older and more mature and they start acting out and having episodes themselves i see it all the time all the time yeah, well said. And I know we're trying to solve all these other social issues, health care, minimum
0: wage, all these little things we're trying to solve. And I feel like at the core of all this is that family unit. And if we don't strengthen these family units and get these kids uh, uh, back into, in, into the family, I, I think we're just kind of going to go around in circles here without fixing the core problem. So l- l- let me rein it back into you as a dad here, Curtis, about you don't have to do the math, but about how old were you when you first became a father and how did becoming a
1: dad kind of change your perspective on life? Well, actually, fatherhood came to me very late in life. My first son, who's 16, that's Anthony, uh, was born into this world when I was 50 years old. So I'm like, wow, I have a century. And if you knew anything about my life, I've been stabbed, I've been shot. You know, I've been this close to going over the edge and taking a dirt path. I said the last thing in the world I expected is that I would be a father at the age of 50. And then obviously I became a father twice more. Much later in my life. So I think there was a benefit in one way in that I was more mature myself. I kind of understood, especially what the sons needed from me, a male figure. I wasn't as intense. I wasn't as filled with rage and testosterone, which would not have been a good thing for the boys. And I also didn't let little things that children do get under my skin like I've seen a lot of my peers do when they had children much earlier in their 20s. And they were like, oh, they were like bouncing off the walls, which obviously is not good for the kid because the kid himself is bouncing off the walls and they don't need his dad uh, sort of replicating that. So I think it was better for me that I was older, better for my sons, and I was able to better process what the child was doing and how they were acting out and thinking – what did little Curtis do when he was five or four or three? And I began to have flashbacks and remember what a rebel without a cause. I was as a kid.
0: Yeah. And going
1: back to that too, like what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Well, problem is that the mothers rule the rules. You know, at times I wanted to use a heavy hand. They hit them on their duper. They hit on their backside. I remember my oldest son, Anthony, had run across the street, right through traffic. I was amazed he was able to make it, He almost like running to a phalanx. And naturally, I was filled with rage because he had just bolted from me. And I swatted him on his dupa, and then I realized, oh boy, this is not the time of my dad, who would hit me so hard on my dupa, my toches, uh, that my mom would feel the vibrations. God forbid people were looking at me around here. I may end up in jail and actually, I'm going to have to tell the mother. And the mother believed, no, 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 no. I would rather my child hit me up, turn me into a speed bump. I will not resist. I said, boy, this is double trouble. So we found a middle approach. I promised I would not use uh, any kind of physical force to discipline the children. Uh, but, you know, I'm old school. And so all of a sudden, my wives at the time, the mothers of my sons, were very much uh New Jacks, new school. You know, let's sit down, let's talk, let's give him a timeout. A timeout. What the? What is a timeout? A timeout. My father would say, "You're grounded for two weeks. That's your freaking timeout." Yeah. And I think that if you if you
0: add that into the problem, like I was saying before, without having the father, if you don't have a discipline, like I remember, like, yeah, you know, wait till your father gets home. That was the tr- enough threat to straighten you out. But if you don't have that at all, like I, if I was throwing a brick through the window, I'd rather have the cops get me than my father get me. But, you know, that's the way it was for me. And I think that's another part of it that's missing. And, and you speak about now, obviously, here with the coronavirus. I had uh, John Cummings on the podcast when he was trying to unseat the AOC up there in the Bronx. And, and he spoke about how, you know, you have all these kids that are being home and, and a lot of them live in uh, domestic abuse. They live in some terrible uh, conditions at home. And there's a big percentage of them that are doing that. What do you think, right? I know you, you, you're putting in the bid for mayor and all that. How do you go about it? How do we get these kids safely back into the schools and get this over with?
1: Well, the other area that a lot of people don't want to focus on is especially on the side of the boys. As they get older and they start maturing physically. They start dominating the household. If it's a single-parent household, in many instances, they're just stronger than the mother. They just, like, run ram ramshot ram over the mother. And the mother is afraid of them. And then there's nobody in the house to put them in check. I've seen that happen in a lot of households. And it's not just the inner city, because dysfunction does not end at the inner city line. I've seen it in the suburbs. I've seen it in wealthy families. where. The sons will turn the mothers into human piñatas and there's nobody there to straighten them out. So that's why I think it is so important that there be a healthy respect for the father, which you have to have, that the father not be over the top. But more importantly, that the father be able to teach the son and the daughters what they should and shouldn't do and set an example. For instance, my father was a merchant seaman. You would have thought he would drop the F-bomb every like second word. Only heard him use C F bomb one time in my entire life. He went out of his way to make sure, I want to be a good example. He didn't smoke. He didn't drink. Because my grandfather, Anton, on my Polish side, his father was a smoker, died at an early age, and uh, uh, became a lush later on in his life. So he wanted to make sure that me and my two sisters did not go down that road. So he observed a certain regimen. He understood. We're watching him. He is our father figure. My mother is, is obviously the hand the, the that rules the nest. But women, it's much easier for them to be positive role models because guys are always straying around. And yet he always made sure that he, he walked that straight and narrow path so that it wasn't do as I say, but not as I do, which unfortunately is what happens in a lot of households The kids look at the dad, especially, and they say, look at him. He's a degenerate gambler. He's chasing skirts. He's bending his elbow. He's smoking cigarettes. He's doing doobs. You know, it's like, and then he's telling us we can't do it. (laughs) Parents have to realize that. Mothers do it a hell of a lot better. But fathers have to understand it's not I and me. It's us and we. When you have a family, even if you're on the outside looking in, even if you can't live there any longer, you still have to set an example And not enough men consider that i think when raising their children yeah very well said curtis what, what would you say that are the top values you instill in your boys
0: as they grow up then all right dads are you ready to get your side hustle on i've been driving with uber for over five years now and it is a phenomenal way to bring in some extra income for your family and if you've ever considered driving for uber Why not take advantage of their sign-up bonus by using my promo code 99N9K. I'm also going to drop a link in the description of today's podcast episode. Just tap the link. It'll bring you right to Uber driver's sign-up page. And as long as you meet with the terms and conditions, you get a bonus and I get a bonus. A fair exchange is no crime. So what are you guys waiting for? Get out there and start making a little side money with Uber and use my promo code 99N9K and start making some extra income for your family today. Yeah, very well said, Curtis. What, what would you say that are the top values you instill in your boys as they grow up then? Uh,
1: and this is where I disagree with the, the mothers. You know, the mothers want a top-shelf education. You know, Ivy League school, the whole nine yards. Uh, I tell my sons, I said, look, uh, follow what your mother would like. I want you to be happy. I want you to do what you want to do in life. But just as my parents told me, I'll back you up, sons the whole nine yards, if you do the work, you roll up your shirt sleeves and you do the work about the things that you're passionate about. If all you're going to do is give me lip service and all you're going to do is talk about what you do, I'm not going to support you in your endeavors and efforts. And even though I may disagree with what you're doing, I'm going to let you pursue your dreams and aspirations like I had the chance to do because my mother and father were always supportive there. Even though when they realized I was on a one way trip to Palookaville at times, I would look at them and they would be like, "Hmm, but hey, if you're willing to do the work, Curtis, we got your back. And that's what I tell my sons. I got your back, but you got to do the work and you got to be true to the spirit of what you're doing. And you must remain idealistic. Too many kids are afraid to do anything because their their parents paralyze them with fear. Oh, we could get sued. You could get injured. Who's going to care about it? Yeah, I say, sons, if you got to take chances, you take legitimate chances. But you must remain idealistic no matter how bad things get in your life. Always learn to read. Always learn to write. Because even if you get jammed up and you end up in prison, who knows? You could be a white-collar criminal. You can educate yourself, you can communicate, you have to have the ability to communicate, because I always warn my sons, there's the, the dark side. I don't assume my sons will never travel over to the dark side, but there is a way out of the dark side, whether it's you're consumed by drugs or alcohol or decadence or debauchery, or you have an instinct to commit crime, whether in the streets or the suites. But you always have to give them a roadway out of there. And a lot of parents don't want to talk about those things. Hey, most parents don't want to talk about kids having sex, especially boys. Right. Very uncomfortable subject. So I'm much more comfortable talking about these other things that their mothers would never in a month of Sundays ever talk to them about.
0: Yeah, yeah, awesome stuff, Curtis, and I got three boys myself, and I got a girl, too. She's the youngest one, so I'm kind of dreading them. De- you know, I'm just about to hate all them peak things, too. My oldest is in high school now, but – and throwing it back to what you were talking about at the top of here, you were talking about how New York City has taken a turn for the worse here. I had uh, former Mayor Rudy Giuliani on the show not too long ago. He was at one time responsible for making New York City great again uh, when he turned a lot of that around. Warren Wilhelm Jr. here has really just destroyed so much of it. You're running on this. Uh, you're planning to run here for mayor next year. How do you plan on straightening all this out? What are you going to do to get, especially these families? They've moved out of New York City in droves here. How do you get the families and everybody to start moving back into New York
1: here, Curtis? Well, number number one, you got to be honest with people. You got to tell them things they don't want to hear. I'm going to tell everybody, hey. We're going to have to do more with less. There's no money out there. Forget to fund the police. You're going to have to defund everyone. I lived through this in the 70s. That's what happened to the city. They had a lay of cops and firefighters, teachers, social workers. We had to learn to do more with less. People don't want to hear that. And then, more importantly, I'm going to look at the parents and say, we're spending, what, billions of dollars in public schools? Because some of you want to send your dysfunctional kids to school So that the teachers have to do what you should have prepared your children for, like wiping your butt, washing your hands, brushing their teeth. These are things these kids should have come prepared for. We have to spend billions of dollars on this. And then you're always complaining, the teachers, the teachers. No, no, it's not the teachers. It's the households they're coming from. And so I'm going to put the pressure on the parents whether it's a single-parent household or it's 2 parents sharing custody or it's a two-parent home. No, 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 no. You're not blaming the schools anymore. You're not blaming the teachers. You got to look at yourself. Now, how effective will that be in getting votes? Not very effective initially, but I think a lot of other parents will say he's absolutely right. That's why our kids can't learn in school, because you have a few jerky boys and jerky girls who want to turn this into Saturday Night Live, who want to run the classroom instead of the teacher running the classroom? So I'm going to basically deal with a lot of good old fashioned common sense. Some of it the voters might buy, others it may not. We got to save our city, and I got to convince those that have fled hey, you may want to consider coming back. But if you don't come back, God bless you. We wish you the best because you contributed to New York. You made us what we were. We got to get back to that point. Improve, don't move is basically what i'm going to constantly be talking to people about
0: yeah right on curtis I, I couldn't agree with you more i don't think we need less cops we need more parents you know it's, it's not a policing issue this is a parenting issue for sure and, and then real quick here on the guy i really have much respect for what you do with the guardian angels i think it's an amazing uh, uh plus for the community where are you take what are the plans for the future here for uh, for the guardian angels curtis and where can people find it if they want to become involved
1: Well, all you got to do is go online at www.guardianangels.org. You can see what we do here and all over the world. And it's not just the subway patrols and the street patrols. We care for the elderly, the emotionally disturbed, the homeless. We have a guardian angel animal protection division that goes out there. And spades and neuters, stray dogs and cats. We run cat colonies because... We have a system where when they get sheltered within 72 hours, they get slaughtered, and that will stop with Curtis Lee as mayor, and more importantly, we're going to teach people how to help themselves. This is all about self-help, the guardian angels, and that's really what the city needs, and we're going to start them at the age of five and six, because there's no reason at five and six why they can't learn about civics and what it is their responsibility to contribute to the basic goodwill and maintenance of the city. They can't be into that I and me. we got to condition them early on. It's us and we. We're all doing this for one another. we got to help one another wherever we can. And you're going to derive a lot of knockers, a lot of good feelings from that by helping others, not just making do-re-mi.
0: Yeah, wow, great stuff, Curtis. And the last thing I'm going to hit you with here, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be
1: father who's out there listening? It is probably the most important thing you've done in your life, whether it's by accident or design. And think of all the people who spend gazillions of dollars to try to become fathers and they never can. You're going to have to work at this 24-7-365. You brought that kid into the world. You can't just dump it off. This is not human fallout. Your kid just can't become another human speed bump of the many human speed bumps that we've seen children turned into. This is your contribution to the world. You may knew, may never do anything of significance in your life. Raising your kid is the most significant thing you can do because if they're raised right, it's going to reflect on not just your family, but it's going to help other families. And you want your kid to be a role model for other kids who may, maybe don't have the same guidance that they do.
0: Yeah, very well said, Curtis. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Curtis Lee, you are a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood.
1: Well, I can certainly learn a lot of the lessons from the dads out there. I'm like a dollar short and a day late sometimes. Like, hey, kid, you're hitting me up for Hanukkah and Christmas at the same time? Figure it out. You want Hanukkah presents or you want Christmas presents? (laughs) Good stuff, Curtis. Thank you so much, man. It's been an honor. Thank you. My pleasure.
0: Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Curtis Slewa for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you guys are following me on Instagram at Aleph underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. And don't forget to take advantage this holiday season of my partnership with Manscaped visit manscaped.com and use my promo code father you're going to save 20 percent off your entire order plus get free shipping all right makes an excellent stocking stuffer or buy one for yourself manscaped.com promo code father save 20 and get free shipping all right that's all i got for you guys today i'm alec lace thank you for listening to first class fatherhood and please remember guys we are not babysitters we are fathers and we're not just fathers we are first class fathers